we'll be finishing our meditations on Psalm 51. It's been a great blessing to me, and uh, may the Lord enable us to understand this uh, precious psalm and apply it. I'm going to read the whole psalm. Praise God for his word. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. O Lord God, we desire to come humbly again before you to hear your precious word. And we pray that we would be teachable now and ready and willing to live righteously for your glory. And so we ask now for the guidance of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in the last meditation, I shared a bit about some of the, the kinds of sacrifice or the kind of sacrifice that the Lord desires of us, that being a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Uh, which David so clearly expressed in this psalm. He expressed his brokenness and uh, his humbling before God. And praise God that the Lord gave us, his people, this psalm, this song, to help us come before him and to confess and be renewed like David. David's brokenness and, and his humbled heart and his trembling at the word that he had broken is an example to us that we always have, praise God, to enable us to know how to confess our transgressions of his word. And in these last two verses, we see David freely now, in fact, boldly even, I believe, asking the Lord to change the impact uh, of his sin on the people of Israel. David realized his sin had hurt those people that he was there to serve. And now he begins uh, to conclude this song by asking the Lord to protect and uh, to build up the saints, to prosper them and establish them, and to build them up and keep them from uh, sin like he had committed, to keep his people away from that 
like he had done. And in verse 18, he says, do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. So he's asking that the Lord in his perfect timing and in his perfect way would do good, would strengthen and heal and protect and guard his people and uh, to pour out his blessings on his chosen city. Indeed, unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. So he's asking the Lord to build up his church. And we can pray the same, and we will pray the same as we conclude, and we continue to pray that. Oh, Lord, do good in your good pleasure to this church, to your church. And in asking that the walls of Jerusalem be built, he's uh, basically he's asking that the people of God would be able to worship rightly. They'd be able to worship freely and gather and uh, desire to gather to worship and thus to be established and thus to prosper. And this reminded me of when we went through Nehemiah. In Nehemiah's day, when the wall was completed, and they had to have a wall in order to worship because of the, the attacks against them. And uh, in, verse, in uh, Nehemiah 12, it says, On that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. So God had blessed them greatly because of their obedience. They had sinned, they repented, they wept, they, they prayed and fasted, and they were forgiven by the mercy of God. And so they worshiped in joy, praising the Lord for blessing them in such an amazing way and offering the sacrifice of praise with joy, with great joy. And when we come to the Lord, we should also pour out our hearts in thanksgiving and praise for his wonderful grace to us in the Lord Jesus, for forgiving us and showing his mercy to us also, and for renewing us as we come to him with humble hearts. And then we should continue, keep praying, to ask that the church be blessed, as David is here doing, and built up, even as it's going through persecution. And I'd like to read this morning a letter from a brother, a Chinese brother, in a Reformed church. And this, to me, is an example of uh, praying what David is uh, praying here, to do good in your good pleasure. That's what this brother is praying. He's a pastor in a church, a Reformed church in, in uh, China. And you probably are all aware of the the attacks against our brothers and sisters in China. It's, uh, some say it's as bad or it's getting close to being like it was in the Cultural Revolution. It is that kind of persecution now. And it's against all who will not bow to the state. So this will increase a little bit more uh, than my average uh, meditation, but I think this is important. I think it's important uh, given what Phil will be sharing also. So I won't read the whole letter. Uh, I made some copies. There's a few on the back. And I would email it if people want me to. This is from our brother. And he, uh, in the beginning of this letter, he was the last of the number of pastors and elders uh, in his church that had not been uh, imprisoned yet. But then he was uh, a little later. Beloved brothers, sisters, and fellow workers, thank the Lord. Just as the year 2018 is about to end, God has given us a reward in the form of this large-scale persecution that arrived in, in early December. Since yesterday evening until noon today, over 100 pastors, elders, staff, brothers, and sisters have been taken away. It's just in their church. As of now, we still do not know where they are, 
Even if we did know, it would be difficult for us to help them. But thankfully, we know for certain that the Lord's loving face is shining upon them. They are within the gracious, sovereign providence of the Lord. He will be with them in the midst of their chains and trials. Beloved brothers and sisters, do you have joy? Are you rejoicing in the fact that you are suffering with Christ because of this church? Do you know that we are blessed? The Lord is bestowing on us poor people today treasures of glory from heaven. The Lord himself is bestowing on us weak people comfort from heaven. The Lord Jesus is shining on us blind people his great light. Those of us brothers and sisters standing on the front lines of the gospel war will earn great spiritual riches. Thank the Lord for being with us in this trial. Thank the Lord for cultivating us according to his true word. Thank the Lord for training us through these days of hardship. Thank the Lord for sculpting us through God's, through today's persecution. May the Lord give us great joy and true hope and make us strong through reliance on him. And he's, he says, what these next two days or next few weeks hold, we do not know. These days are in the hands of the Lord. How wonderful it would be if, because of this suffering, we might be able to give off the sweet fragrance of the gospel. Beloved brothers and sisters, I'm afraid this great persecution will become the status quo for us in the future. And then he goes on to explain how that is happening in that, in that church. And to me, this is a picture of the church militant. And he has some points, and he said, this is the, his final points before he was taken away. And he said, and they had a plan. They had a plan. If this happened, what, what they would do as a church, it's a large church, but if, if, they were, uh, if all the leaders were uh, imprisoned, he had a plan. He had these various points. I won't read them all. But he said, those elders who are still free must take up the responsibility of pastoring the whole church, waiting for the pastor and elders to be released. And so they had a plan to, uh, that the church would break up into designated small groups. They, they knew that this was coming. And then he says, regardless, this church must not alter the statement of faith and the path of openness that is proclaimed publicly in the past. And we will not alter our press previous stance on the relationship between church and state. And they had another link that was a, an amazing treatise on how the church should look at, at that, how they should relate to the state. He said, we will not change that or our beautiful spiritual inheritance from the Chinese house church of walking the path of the cross. We will not register with the Religious Affairs Bureau, much less will we join the three self-church. We will not easily relinquish our church building to retreat and retreat to our small groups. Many church buildings have been taken away from these churches that will not bow. Regardless of who is leading the church, they must try to return to the church building that God has given us. Neither paper seals nor arrests should hinder our determination to worship in our church sanctuary. Unless all elders, preachers, and seminary students able to lead public worship and the preaching of God's word lose their freedom, we will not retreat to small groups. If we cannot enter the church building, we will rent another place. If there is no place indoors where we can worship, we will begin worshiping outdoors. And I got to picture, picturing the Scottish Covenanters at this point. They did in winter, outside, in caves, 
Another point, meeting in small groups is our last resort. If there is even a very small possibility of worshiping together as a whole church, we will not retreat to small groups. But if we must meet in small groups and encounter opposition while doing so, we are willing to pay an even greater price to bear witness to the great work of the gospel in our lives. We are willing to have 200, 300, or 500 people arrested and imprisoned. May the whole world know that we are joyfully willing to receive this persecution for the sake of our faith. Beloved brothers and sisters, I'm writing this letter in hiding. May you all be filled with joy in the gospel of Christ. May you welcome, filled with hope, the even heavier cross and more difficult lives that lie ahead of you. Christ is Lord. Grace is King. Bear the cross. Keep the faith. This is the vision our church received from the Lord. May we all obtain it cherish it, put it into practice, and live it out. Now, I was really moved as I read this the other day. And indeed, we should pray as David did, and we will pray as David did for this church. Lord, do good in your good pleasure to the church in China. Build the walls of the church there. And I believe this brother is showing how that happens often through persecution. The Lord will, will prosper them and will build them up. And then it says here in the first part of verse 19, the last verse of this psalm, that the Lord is pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. That is those things that are given uh, as he has commanded and which he desires. And in this case, it says with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, they still had to do that in obedience. It says, then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Now, bulls were the most costly animal sacrifice that was made. And we, too, should always offer our best, our all. We, off, we ourselves are living sacrifices, and we can offer our acts of loving service to others, uh, to the Lord. And we can bring our praise and our adoration and our thanksgiving and, and right confession as we seek to do that uh, each week corporately. In other words, we can bring, we can offer uh, our right worship of which this table is a part. And we do so in obedience from our hearts. As we do that, the Lord gives us the grace that we need to build his church, to see it built, and to have the strength of a brother like this brother in China. So may we come with broken and contrite hearts, praising the Lord joyfully for his great mercy to us, and then pray that the Lord would strengthen us and those saints around us and build up the church we are a part of here and the, part, uh, the church we are a part of around the world. Let's pray. Dear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray, do good in your good pleasure to build up Dominion Covenant Church, to build up the churches of the CPC, to build up the faithful and militant church in the United States and around the world. Lord, build up and strengthen the saints in China, your church. Establish them, we pray, Lord, and may their faithfulness in, in this time of persecution bring about even sooner the downfall of this godless government. May they and we be living sacrifices for the glory of your name and bring you acceptable worship as we come to your table now. All this we ask because of your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness to us in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and we pray it all in his name. Amen.